Welcome to the Mystical Motherhood Podcast. This is Chelsea, and I want you to create a happy family. I use my background in Western and Eastern medicine, birth, and ancient yogic practices to help the modern mother learn how to live a healthier life and create conscious children. This is your guide to fertility, conception, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and the early childhood years. Are you ready to live the life of your dreams? Welcome to the Mystical Motherhood Podcast, uh, Season 3. I'm so excited to have Joanna here, and she is so close to giving birth. And she wanted to speak to me today because she's ready to release some fears around that and ready to enter motherhood. And she's crossing the portal. She's becoming the portal to bring down a child that she's been energetically working with before conception and during the pregnancy on a really, really high level. She's been meditating. She's been focusing internally. She's been working out all of the the things that need to be released and let go of all of the control, all of the fears, all of the anxiety. And today I'm going to help her cultivate an entirely new outlook on how to approach birth, how to keep an open mind, how to let go of all the fears that can come up around that and and different a, a totally different outlook of looking at that. I also want to mention that my new book Fertile is available on Amazon and you can go to the bio for a link for this. It is an amazing book that will help you prepare for pregnancy and for life as a woman. It, and a lot of it I'll be talking about today, and um, it's written under the name Pritam Atma. Please write in to mysticalmotherhood.com for any questions. So Joanna, tell me what's going on with you today. Hi, I'm so excited to be on your podcast. I love it so much. Um, so, okay, what's going on with me today? Uh, to be honest, I have been feeling very good and, but I think one of the reasons I'm super excited is to kind of unearth any of the fears that maybe I am in denial of a bit. And I know that'll come up from us talking. So I feel like I'm getting super excited, but something that has felt very, very far away is becoming, it, it could happen. I could have this baby in a week, two weeks. It could be, it was kind of like it's go time. I'm basically 38 weeks. And so it's sort of now all of the in the moment, oh my gosh, this is happening. Things start to come up. And, um, as you said, I've been meditating a lot. I've been really doing my best to face these fears, but I think like some of the in the moment body stuff, like, you know, uh, no surprise, but the big one, the biggest one probably being just how to know that I can handle the pain when I don't know exactly what to expect having never gone through it before. Uh, and then there's some of the like kind of silly, but also not silly. Cause you know, these are practical things too, of just 
making sure my body opens. Like I want my cervix to dilate. And, you know, there are instances where fear can block that. And I want my vagina to stretch and open and allow this baby to come through without, you know, getting really uh, hurt in the process or getting, uh, you know, having issues. So I think it's kind of like those literal body things that, that's that that feels like the most immediate and then there's some other layers too but that might be a good place to start so i'm going to approach this from a west uh, like a, a midwifery perspective from mm-hmm. my training in midwifery i'm also going to approach it from a reading like i always do mm-hmm. and then the practical so there's like three different approaches i'm going to give you okay when great. i read your energy before we even spoke you're you're physically like the Tech, you're the element of cement right now in t- inside of your body. And you may oh. not even recognize it, but you're yeah. just, you're, it's like you're frozen in time, your energy field and, and you're heavy. You're feeling like the energy is really, really heavy and that's okay. Yeah. But when you're, when you give birth, especially around the hours, around a few days before you begin to go in the ethereal realms, I don't know about everybody, but from what I've seen as working as a labor and delivery nurse and what I experienced personally giving birth, you, it is, you become a portal and your auric field opens up completely and you go into a really vulnerable state. Mm-hmm. And so you, you are a bridge between heaven and earth and you always are when you're pregnant. And I don't think women realize that just how much of a bridge to heaven and earth they are. But in the moment of re- like letting that through, a ton of energy flows through you to push this out. Like the cosmic, you know, if you think of cosmos birthing, it's exactly the same thing. And birth is so much like an awakening in so many ways, because an awakening is not some beautiful, really pleasant experience. It's a painful screaming, like let go of everything that could possibly, you know, hold me back in the density. Yeah. So another way to look at birth in a really esoteric or spiritual way is, is the embodying of the elements, which I talk about in my book fertile, but in a different way. So if you're becoming a bridge between heaven and earth, you got to think of how much the elements are involved with that. So I believe one of the highest, holiest ways to get to God is to embody the elements and to understand how the elements rule your life and flow through you at different points. And so they're in the, in the process of giving birth. I want, we're going to go through it and how, you know, how you can utilize the elements, but the fire will be the opening of the cervix. Mm -hmm. And so we can prepare. So if you can imagine, even just close your eyes now. Mm Mm-hmm. The opening of the cervix is can be terrifying for some women. If you've had any sexual abuse or you've had any trauma in that area, even in past lifetimes, but specifically in this lifetime, and you have not dealt with it, your cervix may not open. And I'm not trying, if anyone's listening and you have a friend that have had these issues, this has been documented by Ina May Gaskin, which I'm going to go into some of the things for you today, Joanna, that you should mm-hmm. know that Ina May Gaskin taught in her books and also taught with me privately, but the cervix, it it works when you go into birth, you're going into the back of your brain. You're going into the primal part of, of yourself. And so because your auric fields opens up so much and you become so vulnerable and, and Ina May Gasket compares it to becoming like the monkey. 
Hmm. And so if you, she's like, you get your monkey brain on. So you have to let go of all inhibitions. You have to be completely vulnerable. You become completely naked. So if you're letting anyone in the birth room, so if you're going to have a home birth, Joanna, Mm -hmm. so it's a different experience, but for other people listening, the, the people you allow in the room are critical to the, um, the way you will respond and the environment you're in, it, it creates, um, a frequency around you that will either put you in fear or into love. And so like, I this is something really, really interesting, but Ina Mae Gaskin noticed that when a male came in the room with the women, their cervix would close. Mm-hmm. But when a female, when, when the women were around females, um, birthing their cervix would open and relaxed because there was no fear. And, and that goes back to the primal instinct of, and, and if anyone doesn't know who Ina Mae Gaskin is, she's the one of the most famous midwives in the world. And she wrote uh, many books on, um, birth and on midwifery. And she, was amazing because she kept the frequency of natural birthing for the, of humankind. Basically in America, we were losing what it meant to give birth naturally as they're losing that in Brazil right now, the C-section rates above 90%, probably like 95%. So nobody knows how to give vaginal birth there. The doctors wouldn't even know if you walked into a room and want to give vaginal birth, they wouldn't know what to do with you. And so this was happening in the United States and she kept the frequency of this is how you give birth at home. This is the primal instinct. And only 1% of women give birth at home. You have to be incredibly courageous, incredibly prepared, incredibly fit, incredibly energetically. You have to let go of absolutely everything at all means of control um, to do that. Don't you agree, Joanna? Yes, I totally agree. And you have, and you've let go. I'm, I'm, I'm not, we'll circle back to the elements, but yeah. tell me about... The um, any things so about the fear I was talking about about opening of the cervix is she found any sort of this just and we're going to jump into your fears yeah so one story she gave I can't remember I got to train with her in the farm in Tennessee so I I got a lot of private stories but I rem maybe this is from one of her books or or from her personally but she had a couple that her the cervix wouldn't open. And the, the, it was a nat, it was a home birth and the father was, or the male was holding the woman and she got stuck at something like eight centimeters. And when you get stuck, why, why are you getting stuck? It's like getting stuck in life. Why your body's supposed to give birth. What is the reasoning that the cervix won't open? It's gotta be something people think it's a physical thing, but I think it's a combination of emotional and spiritual thing. Well, she said in this moment, this woman that was giving birth, she said, he hasn't married me. And she was frightened to death of, of birthing this child into the world without being married to this man. And so Ina Mae Gaskin grabbed her husband and they took the couple into the woods and they married them while in the middle of the labor. And then she went back and she delivered the child. Hmm. And so first off with the environment, you need it to be soft and welcoming and completely safe at all times. And for you, you're prepared for this, correct? Yes. Yeah, I feel very good about that part. So with the trusting of the body is you have to, going back to the using the elements when you give birth, 
is your energy is really, really, really like it feels heavy in your lower legs, like heavy. And you may not even feel it, but with just an energy reading. Yeah. I've been, I've been craving a lot of grounding. I don't know what that's about. So maybe, I mean, is that part of the, I don't know, like the heaviness, that's not surprising to me, but I guess I'm wondering, is that a bad thing? Is that something I need to kind of start finding more fluidity with or what? No, it's the most important part before you give birth because, because like I said, you'll, you'll, you'll know what I mean. When you start to go into labor, you're going to get really high. Oh, so you're saying this is like the foundation. Yes. And you have to be grounded in the earth in order. The only thing that brings that baby down is it, the baby literally has to drop to earth. Yeah. And your physical body has to open and like a tree roots, like they would spread open to release that. I've been visualizing that a lot. That's funny that you said that. I've been visualizing roots a lot. That's cool. And that's what you have to do, but it's like you have to go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into the ground because you're, you're going to have to balance how high and how vulnerable and you know when you do yoga or you do meditation and you're yeah. so out of it? Yeah. <laughs> this is another entire level of that because you also lose all inhibitions and all common sense. So I'll give you an example of my first labor and I gave it birth at home. I began to trip out. And I, I was like, I'm going to do my hair. I just needed to do normal things because I began to get really high. Like I was like, I'll watch a movie. And I wanted to be alone. I made my husband at the time go to the gym, which was probably the stupidest thing to do. <laughs> but I wanted to be alone. And I, yeah. I it would be like a, I did the, pri- you go very primal. And if you think about how, you know, cats or dogs, they go into a corner and they just need to work it out. Yeah. And I, I said, I told him I wasn't in labor. I was fine. And that was a lie. And I was lying to myself because I couldn't believe it was actually happening. And that may happen to you too. A lot of women may be like, I don't think it's happening. I don't think it's happening. And then all of a sudden it's really happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so the pain is like something you've never experienced on your first birth. And mm-hmm. I remember after I gave birth, I, I called my friend and I said, why in the hell didn't you tell me <laughs> how much it hurts? And it's almost the same as motherhood. I also called her and I said, why didn't you tell me how hard this is? Because I think women, there's this social media thing of like, look at me after I give birth and this is what it looks like. It doesn't look like that. Mm-hmm. It looks like a disaster. You are a milky, it, you are a milky, bloody, very rare. Do you have some experience where you feel uh, amazing? And so because you're going to just, just anticipate anticipate the worst so that everything else can be better. Yeah. And that's the reality of it. Go and buy some beautiful gowns to, to breastfeed in because you feel, I personally, and I hate to say this, but you can't help it. You feel overweight after you give birth. Yeah. You feel mushy. You feel used up. You feel like your auric fields totally expanded. And so you really want help from people, but then you don't want anybody around. 
That's that's another thing we need to talk about eventually. Yeah. Yeah. I, so tell me, stop me now, and tell me where we're at with all these things, and then we'll talk about the grounding and the going into the heavens and how you have to go through all the elements to get to that. Okay. Okay. So that's really good because I've been. So that's interesting that you're kind of saying this is one of the, this is like a very important step is being that like cement foundation, rooting into the earth, getting really strong in my legs as I sort of build up. Because even yesterday, like all I wanted to do was walk around and that hasn't happened. I wanted to like feel strong and I want to feel my feet on the earth. And I checked my phone later and I had almost walked five miles, which I know we're like, again, for a home birth, you're kind of supposed to be doing that every day, but it's been so hot where I live that it, we, I haven't been doing that, but it was like, I had all this energy and strength. I did a yoga class. Like it was just, it was very interesting. It's like my body is ready to ground soup and I'm craving like heavy foods. I'm eating a lot of, a lot more even like carbs and cheese than I usually do. But I think it's like pulling me down in a good way. But I think, you know, I guess before we go into the elements, going back to the pain, I think it's, it's like, I know as you're saying, I guess I should stop saying I know because I will know, but I don't know yet, but that it's, it's a lot, it's unexpected. It's not, it's not necessarily something you can control. Um, I just wrote a little bit about this. I read this in a book, pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. And I thought that was really cool. Like, so I guess I'm trying to figure out how to, that was in my mystical motherhood book, I think. Is that too? Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's yeah. You, I, that book is so good. All your books are so good, and you know I, how much I love them. I'm so happy. I'm so happy they're in the world. But I'm trying to figure out like how to ride. How do I prepare for riding the pain while being in the moment? I mean, you know, I have a strong meditation practice. We've also shared an experience of doing the steps. A part of me kind of thinks like, is it like that? Is it like, you know, it's like nothing. I've ever done, but I, I guess my mind is craving some sort of analogy. I mean, I know you breathe through it and you do your best to be in the moment, and but I guess it's just like, oh, you know, as I approach, I don't, I just, I don't know. I, I, it's hard because it's like, I, part of me, of course, there's like a rational fear, but another part of me does feel like I'll be able to handle it. It's just kind of balancing in these final lead up days, b- making sure that's balanced. Does that make sense? I don't even know if the question. But does yes. That make sense? Yeah, okay. Yes. I'm going to come back at it in a different way to have okay. you think about things. Okay. So Ina Gaskin said a quote, women birth the same way they live their lives. Hmm. And, and repeat that women okay. give birth the same way they live their lives. Because the, the reason I created mystical motherhood is because Motherhood in itself is one of the biggest opportunities that women have in their lives to awaken on so many levels. To get pregnant is one area. To go through the pregnancy is another opportunity. To give birth is a huge opportunity to look at all your wounds and your control issues and your need for everything. You know, just this, this gripping. And that's how the cervix open is to let go of the gripping. And to allow, to let go. It's all about letting go, which is like water. And then the motherhood, the postpartum is a magnificent opportunity to surrender. And then it continues. And so I don't know if a lot of people approach motherhood this way. But again, let me repeat, women give birth the same way they live their lives. And so as a labor and delivery nurse, I worked at UCSF for many years. 
And I'll, I could read a woman's energy when she came in and, and some women would come in with five page birth plans. And it was almost a joke. And I hate to say this, but those women that were so controlling went to C-section because they had so much frigidity and so much um, limited and they were so tight. So their muscles were tight. Their energy was tight. And you cannot be tight and grip and hold on when you're going, you're going to go into labor. You can't. You, you'll grip and you'll, you'll, your muscles will contract. Your, um, you'll, your, and, and they'll have to use um, Pitocin or something to open up. And I'm not saying that doesn't happen. People sometimes mm-hmm. need a little boost from Pitocin mm-hmm. to open up. And some women definitely need an epidural for sure if, uh, to relax their body enough to allow the cervix to open. If I had gone to the hospital for my home birth, from my home birth, I would have 100, 150% gotten an epidural. Yeah. So just so you understand the level of how the pain changes in labor. So some women are going to have a really, really low pain threshold and some people have a high pain threshold and they don't even recognize it is. And that's just like the way they live their lives. And I had a very high pain threshold, um, very high pain threshold, which I do in life. And so you have to, you have to gauge yourself. And in my mystical motherhood book, I give a lot of questions on look, gauge yourself. How prepared are you for life? And those exact questions will transfer over to your birth guaranteed. Mm -hmm. And so it's, how do you approach issues? How do you approach control? How do you approach, you know, have you looked at your sexual issues? Have you cleared out your sacral chakra? Um, which is issues with relationships and are you trusting of the people in the room? You know, if you're going to the hospital, are you having a bunch of students walk in the door that are male? That's going to absolutely affect your energy field. hundred percent. Who, um, so all these things are really, really important to think about. So in the beginning, having a hospital birth is going to be an entirely different experience. I do talk about this in mystical motherhood because inevitably they're going to use machines and they're going to use medications. And and a result of the medications is going to be an epidural, um, or sometimes a C-section because it's just too much. It's not a natural. It's it's in almost impossible to be on pitocin and not want to get an epidural because it it changes the pain frequency. Um, but for you, attempt at a home. It depends on how your birth goes, but it can. It usually in the first birth is a slow process. So yeah. you have to you have to always plan on at least 24 hours, at least. Okay. You have to birth? plan that around seven centimeters. When your pain becomes excruciating and you're screaming for an epidural, your baby's coming. Hmm. And so you'll just remember that. You'll be like, oh, Chelsea told me this. Yeah, yeah. Um so when when the pain hits a threshold that you feel like you're going to split open, there will be a point that you may feel that your body is going to split open because there's just no where 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 how is it going to come out? How is it possible? Right. right? right. And I remember asking my midwife, "Am I going to split open? Am I splitting open?" Because I was so high 
Because what happens is the energy is so high around you, you're just riding a wave of energy that's moving your child out. And so you go into this internal, that's why women need to walk. That's why they need to go into water. That's why there's the movement's important because you need to get in all these incredibly odd positions. And you can't think anymore. Your brain shuts off. And the only thing that's working is the body in this energy system. And so the second birth is not going to be like this. The third birth is not going to be like this. It's the first birth that the body has to open up and the hips have to allow, you know, you have to create this massive space for a child to come out. So one thing you need to make sure you don't do is you can do all this practice and all these different classes, but you're going to tighten up no matter what. And so you have to be like water. Does this make sense to you? Because your, your, your cervix is going to go into fire, especially around eight to nine centimeters. What happens is it feels like the cervix is burning because it's spreading and it's opening. So not only do you have the fire element in the, in the vaginal canal, you have the earth element running, running through your body, trying to drop this baby. And then you have the, the wind element, you know, this, and then the, the ether element making you incredibly high. So there's all of these, like, it's almost like magic, but it's the water that allows you to let go and your body is going to grip like a freight train because mm. sometimes babies it and also babies come out in the way that they are in this world so mm. my some children will just come out boop, you know and that's their personality like my second child she came out and it was really pleasant and euphoric and 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 um she's really bubbly and laughy like that. It was just that kind of a birth. And my first child came out like a freight train. Her energy was insane. It was the fastest experience I've ever had on my first birth. My midwife was so surprised, but her energy is that. Yeah. So you need to, you're actually assimilating to the type of energy you're birthing into the world. Mm -hmm. Does this, is this all helpful to you? Yeah, this is super interesting. And I love, like, it's good to hear. I like hearing that, you know, there are going to be those moments of, you know, where you're like, oh my gosh, is, am I going to rip it off? <laughs> am I, you know, like, and just knowing being, I think being reminded that that is actually just part of it and normal. And I think it's, you know, I, w- I think I read this in an anime book too somewhere, or maybe even a mystical motherhood that where it's like, like pain, there's so many different types of pain. And while pain can also be a signal that something is wrong in this case, it's like, it's a signal of transformation. And so I think just being reminded that, that in that situation, that pain, that burning, that stretching, that fire, that whatever is, is like normalized. It's not actually a pain to be afraid of. It's a pain that means everything's actually going the right way. It's different. It is so different, and it's exactly what I've talked about in other podcasts. Is the the this goes back, and it goes back to awakening in so many ways because women, our lives are we're constantly unconsciously suffering, and I mean we don't even know. Like it's like maybe we allow ourselves to be in abusive relationships. We have negative friends. Ninety-five to 99% of the population is suffering in some way, and they don't even know it. They're ignorant of it, or they enjoy the, the drama, right? And so they a lot of people avoid pain. So being ignorant of like awake. So an example is 
You don't want to know about something happening in your family. You don't want to know about the sexual abuse. You don't want to know about the sexual dysfunction. Um, you have a friend that's like, oh, just don't tell me. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Or they, they don't want to know how messed up they are inside. They don't want to look at all those different things. And so those type of women, those type of people are going to immediately say, give me the epidural give me the pain management. I don't want to feel anything. I don't want to feel anything. And that's the numbness of this world. I'm not saying don't get pain management during labor, but just, no, no, right. I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. But look at your, if you're listening, look at yourself. I mean, look at, look at how you live your life. Do you don't want to feel anything? And so you'll go into the birth like that. And the, and, and no, and, and Ina May Gassett said it in a very interesting way. She said, at some point, it, you're going to feel the pain of this transformation. And I've seen it a hundred times in labor and delivery. The women that would come in and say, I can fight for that epidural, fight for that epidural. So we wanted to always get in a hospital birth. We wanted to get women to the point of at least at least three centimeters, at least before they got their epidural. My preference was around five to six centimeters. I always tried to get my patients to five to six. I would fight them through the pain to five to six because once you get to five to six, I know I'm not going to have to up my Pitocin as much. Their their body's already naturally in labor and I'm not going to have to change the medications. The women who would fight for that epidural around one to three inevitably would end up sometimes end up with a C-section because we'd have to up the medications and push their body into labor themselves. As a result of the C-section, they paid the price at the end because the C-section and the recovery or the, you know, the pain of that is more painful in some ways yeah, and yeah. more difficult. None of this is wrong. I'm just, anyone who's listening, don't have any offense to any of this. I've studied in home births. I studied with, you know, birthing centers, prenatal centers. I do Western medicine. I've done, um, in, in birth, like all, I've seen all kinds of births and it all really comes down to the level of awareness and awakening of the woman and her ability to maintain her sense of self in when a whirlwind comes around her. And so how it's, it's asked the question, how do you approach pain in your life? I mean, how do you approach pain in your life? Have you had a lot of pain in your own life? Are you aware, are you aware when it happens? I guess. Okay. Well, this is an interesting question. Yeah. Yeah. I, ha- I, ha- I haven't had a ton, but I've had some extreme situations. Um, I approach it in different ways, depending, is it family pain? Is it transformational pain? Like the pain of the steps, uh, or the pain of a, you know, a class or the pain of a, like holding my arms up. That's kind of a small example in yoga or meditations, but I, I, I have to say, I get kind of warrior about it. Um, and I, I tend to be, I'm not down for it, but I'm like, I can do this. Like, let's go. And I think when it's like, and maybe I'm conflating pain with crises, but like family crises that have been very painful. I tend to be, I tend to be okay. Actually, I tend to kind of like be able to gather my shit together and consolidate and try to help the other people that are freaking out. Um, so I think like if I could like a vision that's coming together is like all the fragmented pieces kind of come together, not in a tightened way, but in like a 
holistic way. And then I just, I go, I go inside. Um, and I think, yeah, it's like a little, a little warrior woman vibes. (laughs) I get kind of like a fighter about it. That's an amazing answer. And anyone who's listening is what, how do you approach your life? You know, are you, are you even aware of your life? Are you aware of yourself? Are you aware of your behaviors? Are you, you, how do you look at pain and how do you look at challenges? Um, and how do you approach them? Because if you hide, you're going to hide in this. If you want to control, you're going to try to control every aspect of this. And you cannot control this. And Joanna, you can't control a home birth either. Right. And you have to always have the expectation, I may be transferred. Right, right. And, you, and, and so at a home birth, you have to let go of fear. What's your biggest fear? And birth brings up all of those things because you're creating something so precious and so, and so valuable and, and the old, and, and it's, it's really yours. It, I mean, the baby doesn't, I hate to say it, but the dad, most fathers don't know what to do yeah. in any shape, manner, form. You could have the best man out there, but that baby still needs you. Yeah. And that baby really needs you for two full years and then no more three after three. No, fine. They're fine. But they like, they live in you around you and you basically are giving up all, I mean, we could go back into nutrients, but your body is just for, created to create. And that's why I always talk, I talked about in both my books, mystical motherhood and fertile is the nutrients are so, so, so important. So the postpartum, I believe in using the Ayurvedic method to refill yourself, which is a lot of carbs with, via rice and a lot of, sh- of good, healthy sugars and a lot of warm things because you want to fill yourself back up in, with, with nurturing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was I going to say? I want to go in to the shock of motherhood with you. Unless you is there anything else you have around the pain, around the, how the birth usually works? No, I think, I think you're right on the money in terms of, I think the shock of motherhood. I, I had this moment like uh, maybe two months ago where I realized I, you know, I'm reading all these books about labor and I've done all these classes and I'm doing all this physical and mental and meditative prep for the birth. And then I was like, Oh my God, what about when the baby is here? And that's the thing with everyone. Yeah. I had a moment. I realized I wasn't really looking, I I hadn't read any books on like how to help them sleep or how, you know, I haven't even changed a diaper in years, which, you know, I'm sure I'll figure out quick, but it's yes. I think the shock of motherhood is exactly where we need to go next. (laughs) Um, so with motherhood, I, I think it becomes easier, the happier you are as a woman Mm. and the more you love yourself and feel supported in who you are, the Mm. more you're likely to be surrounded by people that love and support you. And the women who have the hardest time are the ones that don't have support. And they're, they have to do it on their own and, and support or security in those sort of ways. I think that the more that women, that's why I created this book, these books, Mystical Motherhood and Fertile, is because the more that women are able to mother themselves, I think the biggest shock is when you, when you become a mother is that 
if you were not correctly mothered, if you didn't have a healthy relationship with your mother, or if you have deep wounds in the way that your mother mothered you, you're not going to feel confident as a mother. And so either you're going to prepare for the birth, prepare for the birth. And this is what every woman does. They just prepare for the birth, but then it's like, oh my God, the baby's here (laughs) because it's so terrifying. And then, and then, and then you go into panic mode because you have no idea what you're doing, especially if you were not mothered and if you haven't healed the little child within you. And so I've talked about this in other podcasts, the importance of healing and create, even for you, even if you think Joanna, that you've healed that little girl, there's so many more little places that can be healed where the little, and that's why Jupiter chakra meditation is so powerful is because it heals all the little girls and these little girls, there's so many so many sides of the little girl and they go up in ages. So you can heal the little girl from zero to three. You can heal the infant. You can heal the three to not, you know, five-year-old, the five to seven-year-old. These are all increments of your life that you had different states of consciousness that still live within your subconscious. Mm-hmm. And that little girl may not have been properly mothered. And you could go back to each of the little traumas. And these traumas could be a boy at school wrote you a mean note. This could be you got physically abused, you were beat. It could be, an, or you know, you were no one ever loved you. You didn't have, you had conditional love, and this is what love looked like, or you had a demanding father. All of these things, as much as you think they're healed, they will blow up in your face when you have a child. Mm-hmm. And so the key to being a good mother is mothering yourself and healing the mother relationship you have with yourself will give forgiveness to your own mother because you can't go through it by, you know, getting mad at your mom for missing out on not doing things the way you thought they did. You have to heal the little girl that wasn't mothered. And then you'll just look at your mom and be like, Oh my gosh, she did the best she could do. Right. That's, I don't believe it. It's about like going into therapy, talking about your mom. It's no go into therapy and talk about the little parts of you you know, the little girls that were disappointed and sad and scared and, you know, your own birth. Part of this would be also you going into how you entered the world and the state of when you, it's like rebirthing yourself. Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity to rebirth yourself. Do you have any questions around this? Is this new information or, or are you feeling like it's helping? I love it. No, I, I, I love hearing it. I think it's super helpful. And I, I guess what I, what it's bringing to mind as you talk about it is I'm realizing, and I have a lot of flexibility because I work for myself and I work from home mostly in that I've gotten to slow down, but I'm, I'm realizing, I think the ways that I've had to mother myself across this pregnancy have been really just changing the way I thought about what slowing down meant because I was very sick for a long time. And then I was very tired. And then I was just like, I'm really kind of lost, not in a bad way, but just finding my way into, you know, feeling like the radiant, strong person that I tend to you know, that tends to be my MO, but with growing this baby, it was like, you know, there's a lot of different energies. There's a lot of things I think I'm purifying and healing. And so anyway, all that to say, I think this, I think I've had to mother myself and I'm someone who did not have big T traumas growing up. So yeah, it might, maybe like the boy at school was mean to me and that's like somewhere in my four-year-old 
subconscious and that kind of stuff for sure. Cause we all have that, like you said, but it's more so, I guess it's just been more so like permission to rest and slow down and just go like downshift in a way that I didn't even know was possible for me. And, and the weird thing is I kept downshifting and then it would like something else would happen and I would be required to downshift more. And I mean, I was, I've still been working and I've still been living my life as much as I can, but it's had, to, I've had to just be so ruthless about taking care of myself. And I, I, I wonder if that's just been part of the mothering, it, you know, it's like I've had, I've had to learn it. Yeah. It's absolutely that way. And I think I mentioned this in one other conversation with you, and it's also in my Mystical Motherhood book. Because in Mystical Motherhood, I take women step-by-step through the process of conception, pregnancy, birth, and then postpartum, and then into the early childhood years up to about two to three with some science, you know, ancient yogic science, but also Western medical perspectives of, of how to transfer into this massive phase while mothering yourself which is everyone puts their child first, or a lot of women do, and it's not about that. You have to create an only way to create independent, sparkly children that are, that are going to change this world is to not create codependency with them. Mm-hmm. And um, that's a massive thing for women is that they put their all into their children and they use their children as an excuse not to grow. And that's it's, it's only going to hurt them. But one of the biggest shocks I find that a lot of women have is is the amount you have to slow down. And so a lot of women, we are not in a world that is slow. We live in a world that is incredibly fast-paced with technology. And after birth, you will find yourself on your phone nonstop. Because what it is, the reason why is because back to Ayurveda and the importance of the diet after you give birth, which using, you know, really warm, filling Foods. It would be the opposite of what you think. I lost more weight after giving birth on my second child with eating rice with with plain um, ghee butter. I just ate that warmed for days and days and days. It was so many calories, and I lost fifteen pounds fa- faster. Not to say that that's a to do it that why to do it. It's because I I loved myself. I was nurturing the mother, and I was giving my body the breast milk or the food that it needed to heal, but it also slowed down my mind. And so after you give birth, your body becomes full of back to the elements. Everything goes back to the elements. Your body becomes full of air because all of the air that was your in your abdomen and all the water that was holding it has to come out. So you you know water's coming out, the blood coming out. So you're then you're filled with it. So you're filled with water element while you give while you're pregnant. And the water element makes you incredibly intuitive and incredibly knowing and it gives you the power to heal all kinds of karmic woundings and and to bring up any past things that need to be let go of. Then the wind element fills you up. And the wind element when it's not in balance creates high anxiety and a really fast-paced mind. And so after you give birth, if you don't have the tools or you're not prepared for that, it's not if it will happen, it will happen. You'll have anxiety. It'll come in some form. It'll be over, you know, worried about the child or worried about the house or trying to do your laundry or, or getting on your phone. And so, cause the phone's a fast paced technology that moves like the mind. And so you need to be prepared to reduce that air within you through this diet 
which is all in Mystical Motherhood book, but also by you can bind your if you bind your stomach, which they did in the ancient times, they did ancient binding rituals of bringing that energy back in. So you you're basically expanding out into the universe. And then you have to feel contained again. So in the ancient times, they would wrap women up for for days. They'd come in every single day and wrap the woman up, just bind her in a cocoon because her energy field was so expanded. So wearing a torso, wearing a... um, a something around, you can just buy some material and wrap it around and put a tie around it so that you feel contained and that air can get out. The air is healed through oil, through the carbohydrates. It is, um, healed through herbs, through specific herbs. Is this, is this helping? Do you see what, how the air would make you full of anxiety? And I talk about this in fertile, what the negative effects of the element of air can do to your, to your state of consciousness. I I like, I'm I'm even, this may sound weird, but I'm even craving like the wrapping right now. Obviously it would be tight around my big belly, but I feel like that, that need to like consolidate and contain. And I feel like that is going to be really valuable, um, postpartum. And also it would be beneficial if you can afford it to have somebody come to your house and give you massages for you and the baby. It is worth, I can't tell you. So I had two different postpartum experiences with my first child with both of my children. My husband left me the day after I gave birth. It was probably one of the most traumatic, my ex-husband, um, traumatic things I've ever experienced. And it was abandonment on all levels, which was my biggest wound for healing and my biggest wound for expansion. And on the first birth, I went into complete isolation, complete anxiety, complete panic. I was by myself with an infant and I had, was completely unmothered. Mm-hmm. And this is, I had to go through this so that I could teach women there's a different way to do it, which actually, you know, p- was building me up for the mystical motherhood um, brand and um, platform I'm creating. The second birth, I said, how can I, I'm going to do this completely different and I'm going to invest money in myself. So I knew he would do the same thing. I knew he would leave because that's what he does. And I, I hired a person to come in and cook me Ayurvedic food and to give me massages and the baby. Mm-hmm. And I made sure that my other toddler had a, a, um, someone to take care of her because I needed the 40 days. So when, in the ancient yogic practice, we practice 40 days of containment, which is where you're with your baby and the baby doesn't, isn't taken nine feet away from you. So you don't hand your baby off to mother-in-law. You don't give your baby to go to another room. That baby needs to be on you being worn. Mm -hmm. And so another thing to think about as you're, another thing I had to learn is you need to feel contained after giving birth and into early motherhood. And so does the baby. And Mm -hmm. so baby wearing, do not just place your baby in a stroller and have them look up at the sky. Right. Babies need to be in the ancient times. I did a lot of research for this in mystical motherhood. The babies of these ancient tribes would be put on large pieces of wood and they would be, be contained to the wood with wrapping, like how we need to be wrapped after birth. But there would be always be at the level of the other, everyone's face. They would never be on the ground and you would never look down at a child because right when they're born, you want that child to recognize they're a part of the tribe. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And so wearing them at the level of the eye and speaking to them as adults is going to immediately change their consciousness to feel a part of the family. 
And the containing for them being, you know, some babies don't like to be wrapped, but keeping them close to you at all times is going to make your postpartum experience a thousand percent difference. Don't take the baby off of you. Wear the baby. The baby doesn't need to sleep in a crib. That's completely archaic and absolutely crazy. And it's a separation anxiety. The baby should be within hand's reach of you up until six months, minimum. And anyone else who says, there's, of course, there's safety precautions about that. If you're obese or you drink or you do drugs or anyone in your household does those things, don't do that. That's stupid. But if you're conscious, you're awake, you're aware, and you're the mother, that child needs to be by you. Putting the child into another room is going to create, that's why we have the humans we have right now. Does this help you about the containment and the self-love and the prep for this and, and the, yes. And I, I, one of my biggest fears that I think I've really had to do a good job on addressing, cause I was literally having nightmares about my mother-in-law moving in with us, which is not going to happen, but I was just like haunted by, um, people tr- trying to help that as much as I love them, I know I will not want them around all the time immediately. Right. So I think it's been again, a really good lesson in boundaries. And it was one of those things where I was like, how am I going to tell her? How am I going to explain the 40 days to like people that might not get it? And I, after like literally two straight nights of just nightmares and being really weirdly nervous about this, I just called her and I just said, Hey, like she was coming over to my house a lot, even right now and helping with stuff, which started out really wonderful. And ended up more like, I just want space. Like, it's so nice to have help, but I don't, I don't want it right now. So I just was like, Hey, I actually need some space and you've been amazing. And I so appreciate it. And let's go to lunch sometime in the next couple of weeks, but you know, we're good to go. And then she was like, Oh, okay. Well then after the baby comes, like I'll come, I'll like plan every week to come for like a day or two. And I was like, you know what, we're just going to have to see because I'm going to need some space in the first 40 days. And here's why. And you know, after that we can, we can revisit it. And it was like, it was just so, and she took it so well, you know, I thought, Oh my gosh, this woman's gonna be so offended. She's been nothing but lovely. And I, but I just like, can't handle extra people around right now. And it made me feel so much better about the postpartum sanctuary I'm creating. And I know I may have to, to be like strict with people. I think people may, you know, try to butt in. I guess that's the hard part. It's like, like you said, you had the polar opposite experience where you were just totally abandoned, like literally the next day. I live in a radius of like 30 miles of like 50 family members. And it's so great, but it's also, I guess I I don't know what I'm going to want. So anyway, all that to say, really establishing the boundaries with the person that for whatever reason was triggering me the most has made me feel so much better. I just can't even tell you. And it just, it like, it was kind of like I had to mother myself again. Like, what do I need? I need to, you know, lovingly and kindly tell this person what I need and not be afraid of something anymore. And it was like, it was such a good moment. I, that just happened last week. It's like really fresh. And that is so important because anyone who's listening, they, you, when you give what, why conscious conception is so important is you need to get through all the crap. And I hate to say shit, but it's true. Before you conceive this child and as you birth this child, you, you can't have any expectations of what it's going to look like. 
And, and so for you, you need a lot, you, like many listeners may have the situation where there's a lot of family around and those family members want to come around and they may need to visit, but you need to say, look, I'm tired. I, yeah. I want you here, but I can't explain it. I need you gone because my energy field is so, so open right now. And so is my babies. And we just want to be alone, but like, I need you in the other room. Stay here, stay close, but not too close. And that's... Right. That's what you're going to feel like. You're going to feel like I want. I don't want to be alone, but I don't. I don't want you too close. Interesting. Okay. And yeah. and because you're protecting your baby, and that's a normal thing. And then there's the other side of it. I had a complete opposite experience. I didn't. I. I never with my first husband. I I had assumptions about what marriage was and what. And what um, it looked like, and I was blown away. He didn't yeah. really want children as the level of, he didn't look at ra- child raising the same way I did. And he thought that having people raise your children was natural, other people. And he thought that that would re- as a good replacement for, um, a mom and a f- dad and not, that's not bad or negative, but that's the way he grew up. Yeah. And, and that isn't, I just thought that was shocking. And also his, you know, mother-in-law and father didn't want to be involved. And my mother isn't actually that involved. And I didn't, think about all those things. And so I, I didn't think about anything in my first, in my first child, my consciousness wasn't at that level yet. I wouldn't have known any better. And especially with fertile, my consciousness has grown at such a fast accelerated rate that I I wouldn't have thought about the programming of the child in the womb five years ago. Um, I wouldn't have, that wouldn't even have crossed my mind. And so you have to look at, you have to be aware of your life you can't be ignorant of what's going on and the people you're around. And you also can't have expectations. You need to have full conversations with them. Are right. you going to help? Or I don't want you to help. And right. you can't have them at the moment of vulnerability. You need to have them before. If I would have had a conversation with my mother-in-law long before I gave birth, I, I and I had to say to her, because she lived close, I thought she would want to come and see the kids and be with us. And she didn't. And I was shocked, hurt, and mortified for years. I could not believe it. But then I found my husband didn't either. And I'm not saying this in a bad way. This is not me. I'm just being completely honest. Is I, I had expectations of what I thought a family looked like at that time in my life, but my consciousness wasn't ready for that type of love. So back to what you grow up with. If you grew up with a family that was really loving and supportive and, and together. And you're probably going to create that into your own family. If you grew up into it with a family that was a bit dysfunctional, that you love was conditional, love was painful. You associated with neglect or abuse or any of those things. And you don't heal that aspect of yourself you're going to create it in some shape, manner, form in your own family as you grow up. And that's what mystical motherhood's all about is about you're the last line. If you want to change this planet right now, you have to be the woman that says, okay, I'm going to look at the way I grew up, the way I was programmed and deprogram myself. Do you agree with this, Joanna? Totally. 100%. 100%. And I think it's like, I think what I've learned from you, I mean, because we've worked together one-on-one even before I read your books, but I think it's like the more you can prepare 
even before pregnancy, if possible, but definitely during like making, we have a similar teacher, Guru Joss, who literally, when I told her I was pregnant early on, she, she like, I don't actually think she grabbed my shoulders, but I, it was like that kind of energy. She grabbed, like, I felt like she grabbed me with her look and she said, this is the most important time of your life. And you have to take it as that. And and you have to look at, I mean, go back to the book. You have to look at everything in your life, all your levels of consciousness, all of the people, the players, the game, the hologram. And you have to say, what works and what doesn't work? What are my expectations and what, you know, what subconscious just negative stuff is creating this environment I don't want my child to be in? And if you find yourself pregnant in a time that you're like, oh my God, I'm pregnant and I'm in an abusive relationship. I'm pregnant and I'm in a neglectful relationship. Don't turn everything outside on that man or the people around you. Go deep inside. The yeah. only way you're going to get out of that neg- abusive, neglectful, or any sort of relationship that's negative and you're trying to protect your baby, because I have a lot of clients coming to me that are that are going through this on some shape or manner or form. They're like, help me. I know something's wrong with this environment. I don't know how to get out of it. The only way to get out of it is to go inside and change your frequency. And these meditations that are in the Mystical Motherhood book from the Kundalini lineage are the fastest things on this planet for you to change your frequency. Another way is to look at how the elements affect your consciousness and how alchemy can transform you, which is all in my book, Fertile. And... Once you change yourself, your entire environment can't not respond to your new frequency. And that's, I almost named mystical motherhood new frequency, but didn't make this much sense. But that's what it's all about. It's about creating a new frequency because these children that want to be birthed through us, the, the only thing that's going to change this planet is the divine mother. The divine mother is trying to come through us. And we can look at our greatest contribution to this planet is, is motherhood and taking this time th- to, to change ourselves for this planet. And that could be your biggest gift to what you do on this, on, in this world. And we don't, it's not just about your career. It's not just about the food you make at night. It's not all those things are beautiful pieces of right. art, but it's about the, the children in some ways. I totally agree. And that's been, that's such a major reframe than how so many of us live and so many of us see motherhood where it's like, okay, let me gallop for these next nine months at work. Let me do everything I need to do to get things in order when it's actually like, and again, I didn't really have a choice because my body was forcing me to slow down so much that I had to listen. But in a way I'm really grateful because I feel like otherwise I would have tried to teach a lot more or hold a bunch more retreats or do all, you know, video courses of things that I want to do. And not that any of that creativity is wrong because it's, because also being pregnant is a wonderfully creative time. Because of the just, water element. It's yes. just different. Yeah. But it's just, it's like, it's just different. It can't be creativity that's your, that you're pushing. It's like creativity that just has to flow exactly like water. And that creativity has to go somewhere, but it's also you, it's a balance between slowing down and creating. Yeah. <laughs> and it's almost the creation comes from the intuitive drive of God. And the slowing down, you have to slow down to become creative because you have to tune in. In some ways, creation is a balance. It's like when you're creating something, you think you're moving fast and you think you're doing a lot, but you're actually intuitively dropping in. Hmm. 
And that's, and that's what, and that's why the slowing down, it, it's got to happen at some point. So doing it before you give birth is so critical because the anxiety is so high and just know, oh, my anxiety is high. My, the wind element is running through me. Okay. Right. I understand that. I, I'm going to expect that. I'm going to allow this to happen for a certain amount of time. Right. And if it keeps going crazy, I've got tools. I can have a massage. I can eat these types of food. Um, just know that this is all normal. And, and know that you have the ability to plan ahead for the worst case scenarios and the best, but don't be, if you're listening, don't, don't not plan. Don't just think it's going to work out and someone's going to come take care of you. No, it's like if, like some people, if they want to have a good birthday party, you've got to just do it yourself. And, and then it's kind of like with birth. If you want to have a good birth, plan it, plan your care after and pay for it. Because even if you need to go into savings, it's worth every penny. Yeah. Yeah. I needed to hear that. <laughs> it's worth every penny because you'll, cause they say, I said, this is mystical motherhood. The, the 40 days after giving birth equals the next 40 years of your health mm. because your nutrients. And then it's, it's about the nutrients. I talked about this in, and fertile is the nutrient deficiencies of women. Cause if you're going to go back into giving a birth in another year or another two years, a lot of women get pregnant quickly because you're super fertile after you give birth. Uh, Cause your body just mm-hmm. did it. And so if you accidentally get pregnant again, or you, you know, you have another baby within even two years, your, your nutrients were just given up with breastfeeding. Your, your body gives everything up. And so you need to just take all you can to care for yourself and you'll be functioning at such a higher rate in order to take care of your kids later in your whole life. Yeah. Do you have any more questions before we end? No, I'm feeling good. I'm really glad that we talked about some of this. I think this is really needed. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm grateful and I'm glad, I'm glad I can share and we can share this with mom, mamas and future mamas out there. Cause I think it needs to be talked about more because the way the West has been going about motherhood is, is really not safe for the babies or the moms. And to start to change that, I just, I'm so, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that it's happening. So good things for you to begin to do is begin to ground into the earth and allow your energy, like the deeper you can do more squats. Like in, in uh, Japan, they do 500 squats a day, the home birthers. Mm-hmm. Wow. Crazy. I know. Go against a wall and do it. But like lots of squats, lots of walking, get in nature, feel grounded, go into the earth element. Cause, and also because you'll open up into the ether element easily. Right. Focus on how, like begin to do meditations where you, you, you see the elements around you and, and you can use, go, go into the, my new book fertile and look at the elements and the patterns of the sacred geometry of the elements. Cause they'll help you remember and yeah. say, okay, when I'm going into labor, I'm going to feel the burning of the fire. That's opening me up my cervix. I'm going to feel the earth running through me like an earthquake. I'm going to feel the water coming out of me and I'm going to allow the letting go of water, like using, and you can ask the ascended masters to come in Quan Yin, who uses water, surround yourself with water, get in water. When you start to burn with the fire, get into the water. When the earth becomes too strong, go into the ether yeah. and, it, and it becomes a dance. And that's think of Durga. Think of the goddesses. Think of how they move. Think of the light. When the most powerful thing you can become is an element in, in this, in this earthly realm. If you, if you, the ascended masters, the angels, the lightning beams or um, beings, the, the thunder beings, all of these different high, high energetic frequencies on that are in these other planetary realms are the elements. 
Hmm. They've embodied the elements. And that's what Kundalini yoga does. It says, okay, can you awaken to your power, which runs through alchemy, which runs through the elements, which is nature. Mm -hmm. And so women awakening and women going back to who they are is going back to nature. We are nature. That's why we bleed every month. That's why... And uh, that's why we give birth, we create. Uh, and so going back into mother nature in ourselves is going to give you so much internal power, you won't even know how to handle it when you begin to understand your own elemental frequency. Mm. And this is that opportunity. Oh, I love it. Okay. I love you very much. Thank you for coming on. Oh my God, and- my pleasure. And um, if anyone who's listening, please, please leave a rating for the show. It really, really helps. I know it takes like a second, so it's annoying. But if you do it, it helps a lot of other women. And you can find Mystical Motherhood, which will talks all about the postpartum period and pre- pre- preparing for a hospital birth and a home birth. Um, that's it all in my first book, Mystical Motherhood. My second book, Fertile, is written under my name, um, Pritam Atma. So you can find that on my website at mysticalmotherhood.com. If you are hoping to have a session and you're having any issues in your life, please reach out to me. I have, I'm have i having people from all over the world begin to reach out for sessions with me to help them consciously conceive, increase their fertility, uh, change their family, or or go through issues while they're pregnant and into motherhood. So I look forward to hearing from you all and your emails. And if this helps you, please share it on social media or with a friend. Have a wonderful, wonderful week.